Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest all the way across the ocean. He's over in Mexico. Andrew Lee Miller is a prolific, bootstrapped startup marketing expert, also known as at Andrew Startups, who over the past 15 years has driven three venture capital-backed startup exits and dozens of successfully funded startups. Andrew's specialty lies in helping companies scale efficiently in the early stages, and he has taught and lectured around the world in over 15 countries on paid advertising, growth hacking, public relations, search marketing, and more. He's written for Inc. Magazine, Startup Grind, and Startup Nation, and his first book entitled The Startup Growth Book, 50 Plus Proven Ways to Grow Your Business Without a Budget, comes out in mid-September of 2021 and can be pre-ordered at startupgrowthbook.com. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey, Lance. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure. Um, Let's before we kind of get started into everything related to business strategies and startups, uh, that's going to kind of be our focus here. Tell us a bit more about your entrepreneurial background. You know, where did it come from? Did you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs or are you the first? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely did grow up in a family of entrepreneurs and I never really realized it. I never considered myself an entrepreneur until COVID hit really because um, I had just been focused on helping companies and I never really thought of my, my service or myself as an entrepreneur. I love other people's businesses and I'm just working with them on their business. But I ne- even when I was an employee of a company, I look back now and I'm like, I never really had a boss. I always worked with the mm-hmm. founders of their startups on their marketing and their projects. So I, my entrepreneurial career, I mean, I look back and it sounds like quintessential lifetime entrepreneur, but I didn't even realize it. Um, my dad had a, a retail business in the jewelry industry or has still. And uh, so I started there when I was a little kid, probably got a lot of inspiration from watching him do his own thing because he definitely was a guy that, you know, gave up the 40 hour work week to work for himself and work a hundred hours a week. Mm-hmm. So I think that was very inspirational. But then when I was 16, he helped me start a auto detailing business that he named Mr. Meticulous Auto Care and was pretty successful for a 16-year-old kid raking in like 50K cash even back then. But I still didn't think of it as an entrepreneurial thing. I was just doing what I love and getting paid for it. Um, And like I said, you know, COVID really changed a lot. You know, for me, my marketing agency and my consultancy projects all come word of mouth. Um, from being in the Bay Area and having a lot of successes. And that kind of dried up during COVID. And I actually had to start doing outbound stuff, you know, branding, doing social media, doing a lot of the things I teach for my own business. And that's when I started thinking, oh, you know what, maybe I'm, I need to think more like an entrepreneur and, you know, be strategic and, you know, focus on revenue. And, you know, for the first five or so years of my marketing agency, we're not caring about the money coming in. We're just loving solving the problems. And so, I think the entrepreneurial journey for me really started only a couple of years ago, um, but obviously had a lot of experience before that. I had a video resume startup in college that was funded and did pretty well and kind of scared me out of being a founder. And that's what drove me to working and focusing on marketing for so long for other people. And only now have I been like, you know, interested in other things. Got it. Got it. That's a great story. 
Um, I, I'm a true believer in Providence and like people getting pushed in certain ways just because of external circumstances, even mm -hmm. like COVID. So it's interesting that it pushed you in that direction. And now here you yeah. are, and we're, we're talking. So mm -hmm. your, your focus is basically is one of your focuses is, is on helping uh, startup companies scale efficiently in their early stages. Right. Um, what can you tell us about how you do this, you know, and then are there common, a few common strategies that you like to employ for people that maybe yeah. they overlook? Yeah. So there's, there's basically two kinds of companies I work with complete bootstrap companies. They can be self-funded at idea stage during product development. You know, someone's working a full-time job and has another side project or their blog is taking off and they want us to figure out how to monetize it. Many different levels of those early stage startups, but I have online courses, this book that's now out called the startup growth book, um, uh, a coaching program that gets a full-time intern and my weekly coaching for those startups. So that, that's one thing. If you're a bootstrapped entrepreneur and you're trying to figure out marketing, the problem that I solve is a lot of times they just run to paid ads because they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And they end up wasting tons more money than even I charge to figure out marketing. And they don't really figure anything out. They figure out that that doesn't work. And instead, we focus on a lot of the organic channels, like doing their own influencer marketing, doing their SEO, optimizing their app for the app store, building their email marketing, um, you know, a lot of the organic blood, sweat and tears marketing on the other side, I have this agency that's won a bunch of awards in San Francisco called growth experts, it's growth And we work with funded startups, usually tech founders. When they raise their first round, they really put off marketing. They've been focused on getting product market fit. They started to get some traction. They raised some money and now they need, they know they need to scale it up. The problems that we solve there are. You know, there's one of three major scenarios, Lance, that happens. So, okay, guys, we've raised money. Let's hire a recruitment firm and spend six months trying to hire an internal marketing team or a marketer. Doesn't really work very well at an early stage company because everybody has to wear multiple hats, like the role changes. There's a culture fit that's hard to find, things like that. Or they uh, hire a bunch of different agencies and it takes a lot of management time. Or they go like super junior and work on in, with interns and that takes a bunch of teaching, coaching, management. So we kind of exist somewhere in between all of that. We're expert level um, focused on execution of multiple channels. So one-stop shop will do your all your paid advertising, your PR, your SEO, all that stuff very quickly and get it off the ground and analyze it. So those are kind of the two major things. But as far as individual channels, I mean, there isn't one channel that always works for every company. But the first thing that we do for any project is make sure that that what I call the marketing foundation is done. And a lot of times it isn't. And they think, oh, yeah, we've got some Google Analytics set up, but we work to optimize the product for marketing. Like I said, I work with a lot of tech focused founders. And if they are, um, if they are, um, you know, focused on the product for so long and they don't have a marketing background, they don't always know the best call to action to, to test, you know, the, you know the, the best way to design their landing pages, uh, you know, how to optimize share, sharing, social sharing, uh, how to build in referral opportunities into their user experience. So we start by optimizing those first and working on the product and, you know, other parts to the marketing foundation is the social media all set up, setting up the social media strategy. Is there an SEO strategy on the website that we can, we want to launch other marketing initiatives after those things are done. So those are some of the channels that we definitely, any business has to get right um, before they start other marketing campaigns. So we usually start there. Yeah. Why do you think so many people put off marketing right away? And is, is it, 
I mean, is it because there's a delayed gratification and sort of, you know, what you get out of marketing? Because you might be advertising in very different or putting your message out there or your product out there in different ways for I mean, months or even years before you really see a return come back on that investment. Is that, mm-hmm. is that what the problem is? Is people understand like the capital is so things. precious? It's a couple things. Well, one is they think that marketing is advertising. So they're like, we'll do marketing when we raise money. There's nothing we can do that doesn't cost money. There's nothing we can do now. We can't do PR because we don't have a million followers or customers or dollars in the bank, which is a lie. You don't, if you're solving a big problem, you can do PR around the problem that you're solving. For instance, if your business has some kind of positive effect on people during this COVID times, you know, it's a travel thing that's launching. There's so many ways you can do PR, Um, uh, you know, influencer marketing, SEO, uh, or other growth hacking projects, these things can happen at the earlier stages. So one is they don't realize that there's stuff they can do early on. I tell companies, even if you're at idea stage and you're listening to this, marketing in the sense of building your social media, taking, start getting your domain set up, getting a landing page that says coming soon, enter your email address, maybe starting with a giveaway to build a list of beta testers for when you've got your MVP ready. That marketing can even happen before your product is even ready. You don't have a launch date. It's far months in advance. So um, one thing is they think marketing costs money. The second thing is, you know, like you said, they don't have the background on it and people don't really like to do things they're bad at. Yeah. So they're like, you know, we're going to focus on the product and when, and a lot of, um, and when we get, when we're, you know, we raise this money or we can build out a team, then we'll worry about it later. And they, they create a disadvantage for themselves. If you start your SEO process very early, then obviously you, you have less of an uphill battle on launch day. And then the last thing is um, uh, really around, um, you know, just thinking that their product is going to do the marketing for themselves. And that's a mm. sad thing that, you know, a lot of, quote unquote, fanboys and fangirls in the industry see companies like Robin Hood. Um, can't think of another one right off the top of my head, but they see really big banner names. And a lot of those companies really published that they didn't focus on marketing at the early stage, but it's not really true. Robin Hood did a massive pre-launch campaign that was, uh, you know, get a, an early invite into their beta. Yep. You had to like share it to get an early invites. So they launched with hundreds of thousands of people ready to test their app from the very beginning, which was a free growth hacking campaign. So uh, the sad truth is the product will do marketing if you have a marketing expert help work on developing your product, but you still need an initial injection of traffic through viral campaigns, influencer, paid ads, PR, um, you know, whatever else it might be. Uh, so that, those are the main reasons why I think people don't start soon enough. And it, and it is proven to be one of the main reasons why startups fail as well, mm. it's top two. Number one reason is they give up before they find product market fit. You know, a lot of startup founders don't realize that you need to prom- you need to promise yourself that you're down for the long haul from mm-hmm. the very beginning. If you're not, then you're going to, you're going to fail. I mean, there's almost no stories of someone finding product market fit from the very beginning. It takes multiple iterations to really find what people like, uh, um, someone interviewed me recently and was like, well, what about Instagram? They found product market fit right away. I'm like, no, they did it. It was bourbon. It was a bourbon reviewing app before it was Instagram. Oh, interesting. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't know that, but they, yeah. they launched with this suite of features for going into bars and reviewing bourbon. And the only thing that people liked was the filters on the photos. Mm. So then they pulled that out and made it a standalone app. So, you know, you got to be ready to roll with the punches and iterate. But then the second thing after that product market fit that's so elusive is really figuring out the, the marketing. 
Yeah. Uh, without naming names, even though you did name Instagram there, and thank you for that little story. I'm going to have to look that up. I believe you. Uh, do you ever I don't see- know if they published it, but I'm just in San Francisco. You know those things. I'm sure you do. Yeah. I have a buddy in Oakland who does a lot of marketing stuff too. So I'll have to ping him after this. Shout out Vinny. Connect me. I, I, Oakland's my favorite. We might know each other. <laughs> you might actually, seriously, that is his whole thing. So I will connect you guys hundred um, percent. Let's see here. So what I was going to ask is without naming names, do you, do you ever see, do, do people ever come to you uh, with, with startups and they're going to engage you and do you see a bad product from the beginning that you are, you're like, I, I don't know how we're going to market this um, successfully. And then are you at that point then starting to get them in the mindset of like, we're going to need to do iterations. Do you ever see that? 100%. And I, you know, when, um, when I was in my younger days, I turned companies away, just, Hey, I'm not really committed to your project. I don't think I really believe in this. And I'm, you know, it takes a lot of blood, sweat and tears and passion to be for this to be able to work. And I think, you know, that's really a unique selling point in our agency is we only now, like I said, we've won a lot of awards. We were able to turn down work and really, it's kind of like designers, you know, mm-hmm. big design firms don't want to work on projects they're not passionate about. And we're the same way. We're really creative. So we turn down projects um, that we're not really passionate about. But nowadays, you know, we try not to turn things down just because of that, because it's an opportunity for us to help. So we are hyper transparent. We do lose projects because we're too, uh, like, a lot of times founders have been in the trenches for several years and they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that the app isn't really amazing. And, you know, you actually are not ready for marketing because the way to know that you're ready for marketing is not based on how long you've been working on the product. It's based on three core metrics that show you conversion rate, retention rate, and referral rate. And if you have a strong set of, of data on those three things alone, then you know that you can uh, start to grow your app. Now, I have worked on projects where the product has been bad, but they've had tons of money. And they're like, we just really want to prove out before we invest more time. We have a lot of money. So just if the conversion rate is 25% lower than it could be because the product sucks, Andrew, and I won't name names, yeah. um, go ahead and spend 25% more. And I mean, that was mind boggling for me, but you know, I, I get it. That was a super well-funded project. So uh, essentially, absolutely, yes. We love working on product stuff as well. And a lot of times when they're tech-focused founders, they're just building the algorithms or the back end is what they're really focused on. They're not thinking about like the design, the user experience, the, the conversion rate on the top funnel, top of the funnel. And so we, we bring that knowledge to the team as well. Yeah, I like how candid you were about just saying that you would originally turn folks down because um, you didn't believe in it. But then it, then it kind of sounded like you uh, actually took some of your own advice and maybe this is an iteration of your company that you're willing yeah. to iterate um, on their iterations, basically. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what are some, you mentioned also that like, um, we're confusing marketing with advertising sometimes, but then that it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. So what are some mm-hmm. low budget ways that uh, any start uh, somebody yeah. who's listening to this could, that they're overlooking? Like what are some simple yeah. things they could do to get their name out there? Yeah. I mean, the, so there's two, the first thing, if you want to find your early customers for free, you should use social media. And, you know, one of the major things that I teach for social media is that there's actually two types of strategies for social media. There's the stuff you do on page, like on your own page. And that's becoming less and less valuable with every day that 
you know, Facebook and different platforms reduce your organic exposure. But every time we start with a new company, like, oh, we have to be posting, we got to create a new strategy and we got to get good posts every day, even though we spend all this time and it gets, you know, 10, 20, 100 impressions per post doesn't really move the needle for the company. Mm -hmm. So what I teach businesses to do is actually become obsessed with what I call off-page social media marketing. Where are all the groups online? Where are all the forums? What are the hashtags? Where are the comments? the keywords that people are using to qualify themselves as potential early customers for your business, where can you go and create awareness or market share for free with nothing more than your time on social media? That could be YouTube comments on top videos mm. for the keywords that want to, you want to come up in. Um, following hashtags on LinkedIn and getting really active in those. Follow, going in the subreddits for where your target demographic are on Reddit and commenting and creating content there. Um, that is actually a really, really, really high ROI, ROTI, sorry, return on time investment way to drive awareness for your business at the early stage. And that's like one of the things I teach companies. You can be pre-launch and no site, no end in sight for when your product is going to be ready, but you can go on Twitter and use tools like TweetDeck and even Twitter itself and monitor certain hashtags and keywords and just become super active and become super well-known to your target demographic. For instance, I have a team of interns that are doing this for my book launch. So they're following um, st uh, startup book recommendations as a key term. And on TweetDeck, you can see anyone in the world that is tweeting with what's a startup book recommendation or mm -hmm. I need a startup book recommendation or growth hacking book recommendation. And then they're literally just like, here, here's the Amazon link to Andrew's new book. I think you'd really love it. Or here's the Kindle version or whatever. And getting a 50% response rate. And a lot of people actually, you know, because it's all about value. The secret hack above all secret hacks for marketing is focus on creating value. So where can we go on social media and create value for people that might be looking for what we have to offer? And it doesn't cost any money. If you're a founder and you have put an hour a day into this, you will start to drive business. At least, if, if not necessarily, the, if they don't convert, then you'll at least get it in front of people who should be converting. And then you can ask them why not, or you can offer them a discount, see if it's pricing or test a different landing page. So step one, I mean, is all that marketing foundation stuff I've done first, really. You need mm -hmm. to do that stuff first to really make sure that this stuff will convert. But then if you put some time into just social media monitoring, outreach via social media, you will drive customers almost and clients, users, no matter what project you are. I mean, we work with everything from so new social media apps to B2B SaaS companies that have multi-million dollar products. And everyone is, uh, of their customers rushes to social media to, to, to talk about the problems in their life that, they, that your product or app might service. That is such uh, interesting and great advice, and I would I would I would totally agree with you. There's we've we did that we did something like that. Um, geez, when Amazon, whenever I can't remember what year it was, I think it was like 2015 or something. When Amazon was thinking about doing their second headquarters somewhere, mm -hmm. and so we we did this whole design for it, and we did we did marketing like that. We wow. would go into the news sections on with our social media, and we would we would comment with what we were projecting, and literally. Denver seven and Fox 31 then picked up on the, in the comment nice. section and contacted us. Exactly. media. It works. You are, it that works. is a hundred percent real. And I still do it to this day. Um, I'll have to check out tweet deck and I'm, I'm actually going to have my social media team look at your watch this uh, interview. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think uh, I wonder, I, I'm curious why we aren't doing anything like that now that we've kind of 
Yeah, sort I mean, of if, you're, if you're a marketing that. agency, you would follow keywords like need marketing agency. And then anyone mm-hmm. that says, I mean, you won't, you'll be one of the many that know this. I mean, you know, we, we as marketers, um, we can't use all the same marketing tactics because a lot of other marketers know this stuff. Whereas if you were, a, um, you know, a, I don't know, a car repair service in Columbus, Ohio, you'll have a lot less competition because other car repair people don't know how to use these aggressive yeah. marketing tactics. So, you know, it gets a little bit crowded for web design, logo design, um, you know, marketing related things on social media because everybody's doing it, but still you got to test it out and see if it works for you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, could you share one of your best startup stories with us? And maybe you don't have to, again, you do not have to name names. Um, I totally understand privacy and everything, but I would love to hear maybe one of the best success stories hmm. you've had so far working with folks. Um, oh, wow. Well, I mean, that's really broad. I think I've probably worked on over a hundred projects, but you know, success in the sense of driving an exit or major dollar amount getting funded. Uh, <clears throat> when I was first, not first starting out, I was a year into, I started my consultancy growth experts in 2016 after driving a third, my third full-time startup exit as a head of marketing in, uh, in San Francisco. And uh, I thought, you know what, I think I can do this for other people. Like I said, at the beginning, I saw the same problems over and over again, you know, especially with funded startups, they would just if they get funded, they'd go and spend $50,000 a month on Google and get nothing out of it, or they would do nothing, or they would, you know, hire a, a recruitment agency and waste a ton of time trying to hire someone internally. Now, obviously, thanks to COVID, there's less of people rushing to build out an internal team. I mean, they're going to be working any remotely anyway, but uh, I had, a, I got an inbound request from someone uh, in Europe uh, actually, he was in San Francisco, but a big European bank had given him a million dollars to create a uh, a digital nomad bank account app, basically a fintech project for people like myself who are working in different countries and getting paid by different countries. And uh, he had blown 90, 98% of that and not gotten to the benchmark that they wanted. No, less than more than that. It was, he had 60 grand left out of the $1 million. So I can't. Oh my God. That. 99.4% or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, yo, I have 60 grand left. I need 120 funded accounts in this app. The product looks really good. We've got really good branding uh, stuff. Really, it was just paid ads that he needed help with. He couldn't figure out, he couldn't crack the paid user acquisition nut. And, you know, I, myself and our company have spent over $10 million for other brands on paid user acquisition, but it's definitely not what we lead with, with early stage startups. So this is a unique story. I'm just pulling this out of my hat because you kind of put me on the spot, but, yeah. um, but basically I really love challenges. And I think a lot, he was like, a lot of other people are like, no, we can't help you. We're, this is, you know, he needed, I think he had 18 days or 21 days until he had another meeting with this huge bank to get another 20 million from them. So he was like, you just take the 60 K do whatever you need to do. It's a la- it's a hail Mary attempt. And, uh, um, so I was like, all right, I'll take the challenge. You know, like he doesn't have to, he just literally sent me 60 grand the next day. He was like, I don't know. He doesn't, you know, he was trying to build these campaigns himself. And, uh, I spent 12 hours a day myself for maybe six or seven days straight building different paid campaigns, some search, some display, like some growth hacking stuff. I've spent a ton of money on Facebook ads specifically since the dawn of the, of the channel. I worked directly with Facebook. I had multi-million dollar budgets. I was at Living Social 
when Facebook launched Facebook ads. So they had bought a startup I was at. So mm-hmm. I, had, I was privy to a lot of algorithmic development. And so I know some growth hacks on Facebook ads. If you go to Reddit and you search for Andrew startups, you'll see a, my most viral post is about a lot of those Facebook ad hacks, which aren't all still relevant. But um, uh, so, uh, yeah, so launched a bunch of this growth hacky stuff. And uh, this was also two or three years ago. And I don't know if anybody's a Facebook ads marketer or advertiser, you know, like Facebook has um, removed a lot of the really aggressive targeting options. You used to be able to target by like race and all this really oh, crazy. Yeah. They had, you know, they had um, data exchanges with Experian. You could target by credit, credit report number and all kinds of crazy things, but you can still do it on the back end with lookalike audiences, they just don't publish it that will allow you to know that they're doing that targeting. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of really aggressive targeting stuff back then, this is 2018 to 2019. So anyway, uh, in 12 days, uh, I was able to get the funded accounts for this guy and he raised the $20 million. And I think I got to keep 20 grand myself. So I was just my own thing. I, I was, you know, in two weeks of work, got 20 grand. I mean, that's pretty good for, I think I was in Australia at the time uh, working remotely. So. Um, so he got funded and, uh, that project did end up failing, but we kept on with them for about six months and then he left and he got, um, he moved to Juul, if you know, the vaping company. So he left the project. And so my contact left and then the bank, uh, in question closed up the project because of regulation. Mm. Like another thing that's scary for banks is when their startup projects start to work, it's actually, uh oh, now we need to spend tens of millions on legislation and then a lot of Bitcoin stuff happened and they tried to do crypto. But anyway, one of the successes, I mean, many, we have many, but one of our case studies is hitting that mark for that guy four or five days early when in a crunch. So, um, so that's one of the stories. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing with that, sharing that story with us, Andrew. That was fantastic. Um, Let's kind of pivot to the book. Tell us about the book. So the book is called the startup growth book, 50 plus proven ways to grow your business without a budget. Uh, yeah. what, what is it about? Why did you write it? Unpack it for us. Yes. Me. Yeah. So, you know, as my agency has done better and better, you know, we've charged more and more. I mean, we're, we're definitely on the expensive side for funded startups, but with all the wins behind us, you know, we have clients that raise, you know, 10 to $12 million and we figure out marketing for under a hundred thousand for them usually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's really amazing for funded companies, but I've always been really passionate Lance about bootstrap startups and, you know, it's the least profitable segment of client you could ever focus on, but it's what I love. And, um, you know, I think I really believe in if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And so I do love solving problems and uh, for uh, funded startups, but it's not as challenging for me because we've done it so many times. And with bootstrap startups, it's a lot of product stuff and a lot of coaching these first time founders. And so I launched in 2018, I launched um, 10 online courses that walked people through how to do influencer, how to do SEO, how to scale their social on their own, et cetera, et cetera. And I found that that was even too expensive. I think it was $2,500 for all the online courses and founders really wanted help with execution. So that's I pivoted to putting that into a coaching program that's now $3,500 a month and you, I get you a full-time intern. I do weekly coaching. You get all the courses, but that's not feasible for people in Nigeria, Lebanon, Estonia, mm-hmm. different countries where I go and speak and the, in India. And they're like, yeah, can, uh, Morocco, Thailand, I've spoken in all these countries. 
And people are like, yeah, what can you do for my startup? We have a hundred dollars. And like, oh, your project sounds so cool. Mm -hmm. I would love to be able to help you. So I was really committed to getting everything I know written down into a book that anyone can purchase around the world. So, you know, COVID helped accelerate that. So I actually did a crowdfunding campaign for the book last year. It was really successful. And I was like, all right, there's a need for this. People really want this thing. So COVID helped me lock down for a month. I actually got COVID and wrote the book while having COVID. I mean, I, I didn't have any symptoms. I just couldn't smell for a couple of days, but mm -hmm. um, I, you know, respectfully didn't want to get anyone else sick. So I locked down for a whole month in the house. I mean, it's easy when you're on the beach in Mexico. I mean, I blurred the views to not distract yeah. everybody, but it's all ocean out there. Just take my word for it. If you're listening to this. Um, and uh, so yeah, I mean, basically the book is designed to be read one chapter at a time. There's a workbook that goes along with it. It's got cheat sheets, templates from my career, examples, you know, uh, all kinds of uh, goodies that will walk people through how to build and launch their own campaigns for free from influencer to online giveaways that get 5,000 emails. Then what do you do with those emails with email marketing? What kind of pop-ups do you need to use? What kind of content should you create for content marketing for B2B SaaS and B2C companies, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, unbelievable reception so far. We've sold a couple thousand copies pre-launch. This is pre-recorded, so the book will be live. Um, if you're an early stage business or, a, or you're a funded startup and you want to give this for your marketing team, I think it just teaches people to be aggressive and to think of channels outside of just spending money on them. You know, like there, even if you're spending millions of dollars on marketing, there'll be many things in the book that you haven't thought of. There's about 30 different tool recommendations that are little, to little known, like a very quick free tool for doing an SEO audit and, and then just printing out a PDF SEO audit for free and giving it to your developers. There's at least 10 things that everyone can fix on their website to come up better on Google from that one tool alone. Um, so the book is really just designed to help those early stage startups. I mean, so many times companies reach out to me, we have like no money. What do we do? Okay. Read this book, mm -hmm. book a couple hours with me. We'll go deeper on some of the channels. If you, if you have access to a university or an intern's, Go get some interns, get them the book, get them the supplementary online courses, and it'll help them get the traction they need to go and impress investors or to prove out their MVP. That's the goal with the book. Yeah, I love this. What a great solution you found um, and are providing to people, like you said, to those people that just don't have this high budget. And obviously from mm -hmm. that uh, example that you gave earlier about going into comment sections and doing marketing like that. It's cheap. It's very effective. So I hope everybody that's listening, I mean, obviously you should be believe that there's this thing is going to be packed with great information um, for, a, for a reasonable cost, obviously. You know, it's a book. Yeah. Um, one, one question I like to ask all our guests, Andrew, sort of before we get off here mm -hmm. is knowing what you know now, um, where you're at in your career, but before, if you could go back in time, be, before you started your, your, your mm -hmm. agency and your, and your company, what is one piece mm -hmm. of advice you'd give yourself? Whoo, how much time do we got? No, uh, so, no, I, I, re, um, I actually, so I left America in 2007 and I moved to Mexico and then I moved to Dubai. And then I came back after two startup exits to, I went to San Francisco to really prove out my career and then drove an exit there. And, you know, I look back very happy that I chose life over money and work. So I had this successful startup when I was graduating college, we raised 50 grand seed round. And we got profitable with just that little investment. So we didn't need to raise any more investment. 
And I got really scared that I was going to invest all my 20s working 100-hour weeks. And so I left that company and decided, you know what, I'm going to work for other people's startups to afford myself the ability to travel. And I only moved back to America, you know, almost, uh, uh, I can't even do the math, I don't know, 10 or so years or mm -hmm. seven to eight years after that. And, uh, you know, so I don't, I think I look back, I did it really right. You know, I went to like 70 countries while working remotely long before COVID. And, um, you know, not to like just pat myself on the back, but I just remember thinking when during lockdown, as all my friends were like, you know what, after this, I'm going to travel so much. And I'm like, I'm never traveling again after this. <laughs> I just went to a, I just did a keynote speech at a big startup festival in Estonia. And it was so difficult to travel there and back because yeah. of COVID. And I'm not sure it's going to ever be the same again. And so I'm really glad that I erred on the side of saying yes to life and choosing excitement and fun over money. And like, like I said, I'm just starting to now think like an entrepreneur and want to put those hours in. So I don't, don't want to say I wouldn't have no advice. I quit drinking two years ago. I kind of wish I had done it a little sooner. I will say it's the absolute best thing I've ever done in my life physically for myself. I work out way less. I go to the gym way less and I look way better. Mm -hmm. um, and I was kind of a hardcore party boy for a while. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't ever an alcoholic, but maybe a social alcoholic, like loved partying really hard. And I think that kind of destroyed some of my productivity through for the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday part of the week. Sure. And so I look back and I think, you know what? I mean, it was a business as well. I did, I had an events business in Dubai where we did uh, random raves and parties and things like that. And so um, I'm not sure I would go back and change anything, but I probably could have given up on that a little bit sooner. But professionally, I think, you know, um, the, oh, there's no regrets, but like I said, I'm, 37 and I'm 15 years into the game. I'm just starting to think about it as an entrepreneur. And I think maybe if I had been from, you know, I had, I had small business entrepreneurs that raised me and nobody with very large aspirations. If I had different, had different um, aspirations, I probably would have started that sooner. Like, Hey, you know what? You can really scale this business up. And, you know, even still we're very boutique agency. We're only working with, you know, two to three clients at a time, really focused on results rather than revenue. But I'm hoping that, you know, that's going to change and I'm going to folks start, you know, having bigger picture mentality sooner rather than later. Yeah. Great answer. Um, everybody's answer is so unique and your energy is contagious. Uh, you have this golden energy Thanks, about man. your energy. It's fantastic. Um, so I hope people want to go search for you after this. So where can they find and follow you and learn more about you and what you do and obviously pick up the book? Well, thank you so much for that. I mean, uh, I think the energy really comes from doing what you love. And I love talking. So I love doing what I'm doing right now in the podcast. But no, you can find me. I'm Andrew Lee Miller if you go to Google. But the easiest thing is andrewstartups.com, Andrew Startups on Twitter, Instagram. Or if you just Google Andrew Startups, one word. The book is the Startup Growth Book. You can search Startup Growth Book on Amazon and you'll find it or startupgrowthbook.com. And my email is just me, M-E, at andrewstartups.com. And I, yeah, I'm interested in working with bootstrap startups, funded startups, you know, other marketing agencies that don't, that don't sell or have our services or, you know, even development agencies. You know, we work with a lot of web development and mobile app development companies that want to set their clients up for marketing success. So yeah, I'm interested in chatting with everybody. Fantastic. Andrew, thanks so much for being on the show. You enjoy Mexico and the rest of the day and we'll talk soon. Will do, Lance. See you in Colorado soon, buddy. Ciao. Thank you. Bye-bye.